You are listening to episode number 12 of the You Are Nourished podcast and today we are shining a light on carbohydrates and all the messy feelings we have about them. So if you have spent years restricting carbs, being afraid of carbs and generally having a weird relationship with carbs, then let's dig into why and how you can feel happier about eating them. Grab a biscuit and stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic. But I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about carbohydrates, which is one of our macronutrients. We have talked about this before. We've talked about proteins, carbohydrates, and fat as our three major macronutrients. And we need to eat all of these in balance in our meals and snacks in order to balance our blood sugar and reduce cravings and get all of the nutrients from food that our body needs to thrive. But obviously there are many different diets out there and many different eating plans and where fat was demonized for a really, really long time. And I think there's still a lot of people still struggling with fear of fat. Carbs seem to be having their moment in the spotlight in terms of being the macronutrient to eliminate, to demonize, to cut out. And a lot of people are now pretty terrified of even eating a morsel of carbohydrate for fear that they're going to become completely out of control around these foods. So I want to break it down today and talk a little bit about the different types of carbohydrates that are out there, um, what they do within the body, and also give you some tips on how to stop feeling afraid of carbohydrates and how to stop feeling afraid of being out of control around carbohydrates. Because ultimately, that's where a lot of the root of the fear comes from. We're, we're scared of being out of control around these foods. And so we're scared of eating far too much of them and gaining lots of weight and just ending up in this spiral of eating and eating and eating and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the, you know, the root of the fear. So I want to just take it back a little bit into our fairly recent history. I would say that the kind of low carb lifestyle probably uh, started to become a bit more mass market with the Atkins diet. And this was probably in about the 1990s, maybe, I don't know, late 90s. I certainly remember, I actually remember my dad doing the Atkins diet and losing a lot of weight on that plan. Um, but it was so unbelievably restrictive. And I think now they've modified it so that it's not 
quite so insane. Like you literally couldn't even eat fruit and vegetables for a while, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it was really lots of cheese, lots of meat, lots of eggs, and very little in the way of greenery. I think it's it's adapted now, but certainly that that Atkins lifestyle was probably what kickstarted the low carb lifestyle. And what we had was a lot of people doing the Atkins diet who lost a lot of weight. And as soon as they started eating carbohydrates again, what happened is obviously all the weight came back on again. And so they were left feeling like, oh, well, clearly carbohydrates are the problem. I was obviously the size I was supposed to be when I stopped eating all the carbohydrates. And now I've started eating the carbs again and I've got bigger and this isn't the size I'm meant to be. And you get stuck in this spiral of always chasing the size that you were when you were at your slimmest, when you had restricted the most, when you've been on the diet the longest. And we want to get back to that point because we think that that is our natural weight. And I will talk more about this particular topic in a later episode about our kind of um, weight set point. Um, but I won't go into that today. But you know, what diets do is they get us to a point where, you know, we are a certain weight, but it might not be our natural weight, it might not be the weight that our body is happiest at. And our bodies will always want to find balance and do everything it can to get it in you know the place it wants to be so when you're constantly fighting and fighting and fighting and battling against food to try and get yourself back to this sort of magic number that you might have been it may be that you're just never going to get there again but like I said I'll talk about this in, in a bit more detail specifically you know going back to you know Atkins which I think probably you know the Atkins of the the 21st century is probably keto keto is definitely having its moment and you know that is obviously a very low carb slash no carb lifestyle as they are branding it. Paleo is another one. Whole30 is another one. Um, so I have actually, I don't want to say been a victim <laughs> of these diets, but I've tried, let's just say, I've tried these different diets, particularly Whole30 and particularly Paleo, because there is a certain amount of evidence out there about reducing grains in order to alleviate symptoms and heal autoimmune diseases. And I have Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroid disease. And so when I was diagnosed with my Hashimoto's and uh, knowing what I knew about nutrition, I was very much going down the, the route of, you know, paleo, whole 30, cutting out grains, cutting out dairy, cutting out all sorts of things. But ultimately, it was very, very restrictive. And I found it really, really hard to maintain. So I've been on this kind of paleo journey, this whole 30 journey, where you eat very, very little in the way of carbohydrates, but ultimately, your body is going to ask you for these foods and you will crave them more and more and more and eventually you will give in believing that you are the weak one, you are the one without the willpower and it's you that's failing, not the diet, which isn't true at all. If we were meant to be you know, on these diets, then they wouldn't all fail, which as we know, most diets have a 95% failure rate. And that includes keto and Atkins and, you know, Whole30 and paleo, you know, it, they're wrapped up in a slightly different bow these days because they're, you know, they're marketed as wellness diets as opposed to weight loss diets. But ultimately, most people will go on some kind of restrictive diet to lose weight. My primary objective for, for trying paleo and, and trying Whole30 was to help with my autoimmune condition. Um, but also in the back of my mind, I always had a thought, well, you know, this is, you know, hopefully going to help me lose weight. And it did, you know, a small amount, but not a massive amount. And whenever I ate a carbohydrate again, then I would just return back to my, the size and, and weight that I am supposed to be as opposed to something that I'm trying to squeeze myself into. 
this is the issue is that we, we we demonize these foods or we put certain diets on pedestals and we think if only I can stick to this, if only I can continue to cut this out, then everything will be right in the world. But ultimately, it just creates a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety around food and ultimately really affects your day to day life because you struggle to go out to eat in restaurants and enjoy holidays and social activities because you've always got this obsession and this worry and this fear that you're going to become out of control around these foods, particularly around carbohydrates, because let's face it, a lot of our favorite foods are carbohydrate foods, aren't they? (laughs) Muffins, crisps, cakes, biscuits, bagels, you know the ones, these are all carbohydrate foods. And so all carbohydrates seem to have been lumped into this kind of naughty category. And we've become fearful of carbohydrates that actually are healthy for us because they're still a carb. So, you know, whole grains and uh, root vegetables and all sorts of lovely foods like that that are really nourishing have been lumped in to this carbohydrate category. And we've created lots of fear around these foods as well. So let's dispel some of these myths Let's bring it back to what we know about nutrition science and talk a little bit about the two different types of carbohydrates, how they behave in the body, and how we can begin to find some balance with those carbohydrates and eat them in a way that feels balanced and happy and in control and not crazy and chaotic, which is how so many people feel around these foods. So first of all, we have two different types of carbohydrates. We have simple carbohydrates and we have complex carbohydrates. And that is essentially uh, whole grains, whole wheats, wholemeal type of carbohydrates. So your, you know, your, your brown carbohydrate foods. And then you've got your white carbohydrates foods. So foods that are made with white sugar that are going to give you more of a blood sugar spike than your complex carbohydrates. So if we start with the simple carbohydrates, this is obviously, you know, any foods made with, you know, with white sugar, so all of, um, and white flour, so all of your breads and, and pastas and biscuits and, you know, white beige foods, right? Picture a beige buffet and you'll have a, an idea of what simple carbohydrates are. And what happens when you eat these foods is because they don't have any fiber in them, your blood sugar increases usually quicker than if you were to eat a complex carbohydrate. And with that increase in your blood sugar um, comes a sharp decrease. And after that is when you tend to experience more cravings. So when we're talking about the types of carbohydrates that we should be eating, we want to have a balance. Let's face it, the fun foods, you know, that our favourite foods are often the simple carbohydrates, but the more we try and restrict these foods, the more we are going to crave them. The more we put them on a pedestal and the more we tell us we tell ourselves we can't have them, the more our bodies are going to want to eat them. So there is definitely a place for these foods, but we want to feel in control around them and we want to feel like we're really enjoying them rather than feeling out of control. So with our complex carbohydrates, these are 
root vegetables, brown rice, your, you know, your whole wheat breads and spelt and rye and those kinds of grains. And because these have their fiber intact, that fiber slows down the release of the glucose into your bloodstream. So you don't get this sharp spike in blood sugar, this sharp, sharp spike in energy and the, the subsequent dip afterwards. It is a a steady release of energy um, into the bloodstream, which is maintained throughout the day, rather than being this kind of roller coaster of up and down. So we really want to ensure that we are including sources of complex carbohydrates in our meals and snacks, so that we're not experiencing this roller coaster of ups and downs all day long. But what about the simple carbohydrates? How do we incorporate these without feeling out of control and without feeling guilty and like we've fallen off the wagon and, you know, we're the worst person in the world because we ate a muffin and, you know, all that kind of thing. The problem we have is that, you know, we, we demonize these foods so much. These are, are usually our trigger foods. These are usually the foods that we um, give up when we go on a diet. And these are the foods that we normally end up binging on when the diet fails or when you're stressed or when you, you know, are eating you know, emotionally. These are the kinds of foods that we tend to turn to. These are often our trigger foods foods. And so, you know, we've got them in a really bad negative light. You know, we've got a lot of emotions associated around these foods because they make us feel shameful and guilty. And they're the ones that make us, you know, overeat. And, you know, they're wrapped up in a whole lot of nasty emotions about ourselves that make us just feel terrible. And we don't want that. We want to be able to enjoy all kinds of foods, feel free and happy and balanced around all kinds of foods. And, not have this constant state of chaos. So how do we actually get over this? One of the things that I want to get across to you is that carbs are not evil. Our body requires carbohydrate for energy. Our body knows what to do with carbohydrate as a source of fuel, and it will do what it's supposed to do. Our bodies run on carbohydrate as a source of fuel. So we need to understand that, is that we need them. Yes, there's the whole keto ketosis thing. I'm not getting into that. Um, you know, ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, our most efficient source of fuel for energy in the body comes from carbohydrate foods. It's converted quickly and efficiently into energy and the rest of it that isn't used as energy straight away is stored in the body for energy later on. So it's a, it's a really effective source of fuel for us. So if we look at it from a biological perspective, then we need to eat carbohydrates for energy. I don't know if you've ever experienced that lethargy, that low energy when uh, you, you know you haven't had a carbohydrate food, then your body will begin to crave and cry out for that food. So what happens when you restrict carbohydrates, when you restrict your calories, so let's remember that a calorie is a unit of energy. So when you are eating calories, you are literally giving your body energy to do the things it needs to do, to perform, to, to, to take part in all of its bodily functions. So you require calories for this. And when we restrict calories, and we don't eat enough calories for our body's needs, then our bodies, which are always looking after us and always taking care of us and always want to do the best by us, will send out signals for us to do something. And it will turn on certain mechanisms in the body to make you eat 
specifically a carbohydrate food. There is a specific hormone in the body that will make you crave carbohydrates because that's what your body is asking for. It's saying, I'm not getting enough calories. I'm not getting enough energy. Please feed me. Please nourish me. And I'm going to make you go for these foods because this is how I can get energy to your bloodstream, to your brain, to your organs really quickly so that I can keep you alive. Your body does not know the difference between a famine and a diet. And so it will switch on these mechanisms in order for you to do what it's asking you for. And I have talked about this in earlier episodes. Those signals will get louder and louder and louder until you eventually go, oh, damn it, just give me the donut. You will eat it, but you won't just eat one. You will eat three or four and then you'll feel horrible. Not only will you feel physically horrible, but you'll feel mentally and emotionally horrible as well. And that's where this kind of constant cycle of feeling guilty and shameful around food comes in. So knowing that our bodies need carbohydrates and our bodies know what to do with carbohydrates and knowing that you know we need to eat a balance of macronutrients throughout the day um, in order to have a sustained level of energy are we going to make sure that we are including carbohydrates in all of our meals and snacks so that we don't get to the point where our bodies are literally slapping us around the face to eat something quickly so that we don't get into that cycle of guilt and overeating yes we are we're going to include sources of carbohydrates at all of our meals and snacks so one of the tips to help you feel more in control around, you know, a lot of these foods that you're labeling as naughty is to ensure that you are still eating regularly. Because quite often, binging and overeating on carbohydrate foods, particularly simple carbohydrates, happens because we're hungry, happens because we are not nourishing ourselves efficiently or effectively throughout the day. And so quite often, and this is the case with that evening binging, overeating in front of the TV mindlessly, and we blame ourselves, oh, I haven't got enough willpower at the end of the day. Well, the fact of the matter is, is you probably didn't eat enough in the earlier part of the day. Perhaps you only had fruit salad for breakfast, some low calorie thing for lunch and a, I don't know, <laughs> a low carb dinner. And you're wondering why by 9pm you're starving and you just want to stick your face in a bag of M&Ms. You're not eating enough. You're not getting enough fuel into your body sustainably throughout the day and that is leading to overeating. So the first thing to ask yourself when you're in that kind of carb craze is have I actually eaten enough today? Have I actually eaten enough this week? Because sometimes it can manifest at the weekend. Maybe you're good and I'm making inverted commas with my fingers here (laughs) all week but the weekend it all goes out the window. So again ask yourself have I nourished myself properly throughout the week so that I don't feel the need to go completely out of control and crazy? around these scary carbohydrates at the weekend. So asking yourself those questions, am I eating these foods? Am I eating regular food, meals? Am I including sources of carbohydrates with all my meals and snacks so that my body gets the energy that it needs? And if you're not, then perhaps that's something we need to talk about. Perhaps you need to make sure that you are doing that. So tip number two, when you are in a place of nourishing yourself regularly and eating your regular meals and snacks, sometimes we still overeat sugary, carby foods, even when we are eating and doing all the right thing. And this often is habitual. It might be that you are emotionally eating. There's any number of reasons why you, you know, might end up eating these foods, even though you're nourishing yourself with regular meals and snacks. So this is where it's important that you tune 
inwards and you start asking yourself how these foods are going to make you feel. One of the reasons why we fear being out of control around food, particularly when we're on an intuitive eating journey where we're giving ourselves permission to eat all foods and we start to feel out of control around the foods that we've previously forbidden ourselves from eating, is that we're not tuning into how these foods are going to make us feel. We've just labelled them as bad and naughty, there are trigger foods and we can overeat them out of habit. But when you tune in to what these foods actually taste like, and we eat them a little bit more mindfully, and how these foods make us feel after we've eaten them, then we can start to take a little bit of a step back and go, do you know what? These chocolate chip cookies that I have had on a pedestal for all this time actually are overly sweet or they taste kind of greasy. Um, They're not as amazing as I had made them out to be. So it's a really good exercise to kind of go through some of your trigger foods and eat them in a mindful way so that you can actually go, do you know what? This wasn't as nice as I thought it was going to be. And I felt really horrible afterwards. I actually felt, and again, removing all emotion from the equation, but how you felt physically inside your body. You know, maybe you felt lethargic and and tired after you'd eaten that food. Maybe you felt bloated. Maybe, you know, it gave you a stomach ache. Maybe it brought you out in a rash, whatever. Foods do all kinds of things to our bodies. But, you know, tuning into how food makes you feel can help you make better decisions around food. So really tune in to how that food is going to make you feel and, you know, do some exercises with those foods where you're eating them a little bit more mindfully in a controlled environment. So make sure that you're not overly hungry. Make sure that you're not eating them in response to a stressful situation. You know, you can sit down and eat them, you know, as a dessert after your meal or alongside a meal so that you know that you're getting enough nutrition alongside these foods. And give yourself permission to try some of these trigger foods, but really tuning into what they taste like and, you know, how they ultimately make you feel. Because in the long run, it might be that all these foods that you'd had on a pedestal, that restricted and that are your trigger foods are not that exciting after all. So it's it's an exercise that you kind of, you go through in, in the journey towards, you know, food freedom. And it's something that, that you can try as well. And Tip number three, or really this is perhaps belief shift number three, is that I want you to look at your lifestyle, your habits and behaviours as a whole, as opposed to one individual incident. So we can look at one bag of crisps or one packet of biscuits or one muffin and go, this is the thing that's derailed me. This is the thing that's, you know, sent me into a spiral. This is the thing that has made me, you know, overeat. And now I'm in this, this terrible, downward spiral of binging and la 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 you know all that stuff that can that can happen when you're on a diet and then you go off plan and you eat something you're not supposed to eat again lots of like finger (laughs) inverted commas happening here um is that you can end up in this kind of spiral of feeling out of control around these foods because you go, well, sod it, I've broken my diet now, I've gone off plan, so I might as well just eat the whole packet or go to town on all of these different foods because I've broken it all now. But actually, what I want to get across to you is that no one food or no one meal is going to make you put on a stone or is going to make you unhealthy. It's what you do 80% of the time, day to day, that adds up to your health and your well-being and your relationship with food and what your body, how your body is responding to food. It's not one meal or one particular food that is going to have that impact. So when you can begin to enjoy 
some of these inverted commas forbidden foods in a way that you know feels happy and controlled knowing that that's not going to make a massive difference to the the overall picture of your health then we can go yeah do you know what i am going to enjoy this bag of crisps and you know or i am going to enjoy this popcorn at the cinema or i am going to enjoy this ice cream on holiday because i don't do it every day it's not something that i would choose to have all the time because i know if i was to have six scoops of ice cream i'd feel pretty gross afterwards or if i was to have 17 donuts i would feel pretty awful but that one is enough and it satisfies you and that you could eat it again tomorrow if you wanted to that it doesn't have that kind of shine, it loses its appeal because you don't have it on a pedestal like we have so many of these foods. Okay, so are we feeling a little bit less frightened of carbohydrates now? I want to recap the tips that I gave you. Firstly, your body knows what to do with carbohydrates and it needs carbs as a source of energy. So you need to make sure that you are including them. I want to make sure that you're eating regular meals and snacks and you're not overeating simple carbohydrates basically because you're starving and your body is crying out for them. And I want to remind you that one meal, one snack does not a person make. It is the sum total of all your habits and behaviours that add up to your overall health and well-being. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I certainly enjoyed talking about this and you've got some tips to take away with you. I will see you next week. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. If this episode was valuable to you, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with someone that would find it helpful. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com. See you next week on the You Are Nourished podcast. Bye for now.